Kara Livingston. Welcome to You Should Write a Book, the podcast. If this really was a book, this would be in the chapter called Growing Up and Growing Old. And the section would be called Funny Stories About My Mama. For those of you who have been asking, I'm sorry, I've been absent for a few days. There is something that really, really wants to be told. It just hasn't untangled yet. Um, So that will be coming soon. But today, I needed a laugh. So I thought I'd share the laugh with you. So join me as we hear some stories about my mama. I come from a family with a pretty good sense of humor. All of us were funny, and I think for all of us, my mom was our biggest fan. She delighted in nothing more than uh, laughing at our attempts at jokes, at treating us as if we were the funniest, uh, most delightful people on the face of the planet. Even to this day, I've realized that I still play to an audience of one, and it's my mom. Years and years ago, I had a brother who was living in Halifax, and his son was being baptized. So we lived in Hamilton. We decided that it would be a good idea to do a three-day weekend to make it out there for the baptism. So my sister and my mom and I got into the car and we drove across the country. My mother on the way home, we must have been somewhere maybe in New Brunswick, which doesn't quite make sense because we usually went through the States. But anyway, we were in New Brunswick and it was my mom's turn to sleep because doing that kind of marathon drive. It was about 22 or 23 hours, I think, of driving time each way. Uh, We we were taking turns uh, driving and sleeping and co-piloting. So my mom's in the back seat and we're driving along the highway in New Brunswick. And she pops her head up and she says, if you take the next exit and turn left, there's a Tim Hortons. I don't know how she knew where we were, but her and my dad had done the drive so often that uh, she knew where all the Tim Hortons were. It was a big deal in our family. (laughs) My uh, oldest brother was, eh, he was a bit of a dog. Anyway, he was uh, dating, uh, actually he was living with his girlfriend. Uh, let's call her Shannon, and he was also dating a woman named Shannon. (laughs) So he showed up one day with a lovely bouquet of a dozen red roses that had been, uh, oh no, the the roses had been sent to our house, because of course the dating Shannon didn't know that he lived with a Shannon. Obviously he couldn't take take those flowers home with him, even though they were addressed to him. Something must have been happening in my sister's world 
she was quite upset. So I don't know. I can't remember what it was. But we decided that uh, that we needed some time away. So we had, uh, as I've mentioned before, we had property in upstate New York, uh, down near uh, Bradford, New York. Look it up. It's pretty small. So my sister rented a car and it was a hatchback, like a little Honda uh, hatchback. We had no money, um, none of us, but we took our crocheting because we decided that's what we were going to do while we were um, in our trailer, the top of a mountain in a pine forest. So we packed all of our bags of, of, uh, of wool into the back of this car and we decided that we would take the roses with us. Nobody was home to enjoy them. So we might as well put, put them in the car. So my sister placed them and they were, they were there for the people who were following us to enjoy. She put them right in the back window. Anyway, so we get to the border and we're waiting in line. Now, keep in mind, this is pre 9-11. So the border crossings were much different back in the day and we did them all the time so they were quite normal in our world so we're waiting in line and the guy in front of us has a sunroof and for some reason <laughs> the border crossing guard decides it would be a good idea to talk to this guy through the sunroof so he's leaning over and asking the questions of this this guy and you can see the guy looking up and uh, and responding and we thought this was hilarious so it's our turn we pull up to the border crossing and my sister says can you talk to us through our roof and the guy looks at us and says do you have a can opener <laughs> that was enough to set us off and we got the giggles oh my gosh we got the giggles and so there's this border crossing guard uh, with my mom sitting in the in the passenger seat and he's um smell sniffing to see if we'd been smoking marijuana it was pretty funny usual questions where are you going bradford uh new york are you sure you don't mean bradford pennsylvania yes we're sure we're going to bradford new york and are you uh, leaving anything behind? And we said, no. And he said, what about the flowers? And my mom said, well, they'll probably die. <laughs> and that, of course, got us into a whole other bit of giggles. And um, yeah, so we got pulled over. Shocking, I know. And they ripped the car apart, had the dog sniffer things out and looking for drugs of course there was nothing and they it really was we just had bags and bags and bags of wool uh, for our crocheting marathon oh my gosh my mom and my sister and i we could make each other laugh She went in for uh, surgery. She must have been in her 50s, maybe her late 50s. And uh, it was on her girly bits. So she was having her first.
first ever surgery. She'd never been in the hospital before, um, aside from, you know, giving birth to babies. And uh, she went in, she had the surgery, and she was coming out of the anesthetic, but she wasn't kind of coming out really well. They'd given her a button to push for pain medication, and she was pushing it like every five seconds. Uh, and she was kind of curled up on the bed. And this very young, very new nurse came in and said, Mrs. Kirkpatrick, how, how are you doing? Are, are, how are you doing? And my mom just said, oh, I've decided not to have the surgery. And this poor young nurse looked absolutely stricken. She said, oh, but Mrs. Kirkpatrick, you've already had the surgery. And my sister and I were just in stitches because we knew that my mom knew she'd had the surgery. She was uh, she was just trying to pull one over on this poor nurse. Trauma. As my mom uh, started to lose her memory and uh, she had frontal lobe dementia and she'd come out west to live with uh, with me and my family. She never lost her sense of humor. I went in to see her uh, one day at the uh, nursing home. We'd had to transfer her into a locked facility uh, because she had become a wander risk. And the uh, the nurses said uh, to my mom, they said, oh, the, who is this lovely young lady with you? And my mom said, well, I just, I can't quite, I can't quite remember. And the nurse asked, well, how many children do you have? And my mom said, oh, a gaggle. <laughs> so she was, my mom had a gaggle of kids, which I guess was kind of true. She did tell the nurse, I don't know who she is, but I know she loves me. And that was all that was really important to me, I think. I came in one day to see her sitting on the bench beside uh, a man. His name was Roy. I saw him there all the time. Never heard him speak. He was a skinny man. Had a always wore a cowboy hat and had a big big belt buckle on. And they were sitting side by side on a bench. And my mom's eyes were twinkling oh she was she was like a delighted young girl and she said oh let me introduce you to this is this is my friend uh this is my new boyfriend and i said oh i said how lovely i said is he going to be my 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 new father and she said oh yes i think so <laughs> so Apparently, they'd been carrying on for um, a couple of days, and my mom was attached to his side all the time. I went up to the nurses and I said, you know, going to have to watch this. You know, they're, they're going to have to, you know, get a room. And the nurse became very serious. And she said, oh, well, we we can make those arrangements. And I said, oh, really? And she said, she said, yes. She said, if you think that it would be something that your um, 
mother without dementia would consent to, then we can make arrangements for them to have some alone time. But I have to tell you that we've already made arrangements with Roy's family and he's attached to someone else. <laughs> so, poor mama. She picked the only guy on the unit that was already hooking up with somebody else. Anyway, it faded. I got a call one day and my mom uh, had, her blood pressure had, had fallen quite drastically. By that time, we knew that she had a heart murmur. And so she'd been taken by ambulance to the hospital. And so I hopped in my car, of course, and, and drove up to the hospital. Somehow I ended up being there as she was being taken out of the ambulance. And the two young ambulance attendants were laughing. And my mom had this big grin on her face. And uh, one of the young men looked at me and said, your mom is, she's got quite the sense of humor and she's quite a flirt. And I said, oh yes, she is. And I said, hey mom, how'd you do? Uh, did you get his number? And she said, oh, I was so close, but you interrupted. <laughs> oh, and I guess the the young men, they, the ambulance attendants were telling me that uh, she'd been trying the whole time <laughs> to get them to take them out on a date. Oh, she never lost it. She was, she was always a delight. Thanks so much for spending the time with me today. I hope that none of you heard this as disrespectful. This, in so many ways, was a tip of my hat to my mom and the memories that she left me. And I think she would appreciate it. In fact, I know she would. Wherever she is, she's laughing. Thanks for spending the time. Hope we get to do it again real soon. And wherever you're listening, uh, hit subscribe. And we'll talk to you.